0: For the first Secret Sunday session 2023. I am really excited to be kicking this off this year with no other special person than James Carson. Um, we're going to be diving a lot into. The health and wellness space, and particularly holistic health, and how the messaging has really changed. And coming into another year where there is so much information out there and not a lot of clarity. So, we're going to talk a lot about that and also hear a bit of James's story. So, with no further ado, James, I'm going to welcome you. Thank you for joining us for the first session of 2023.
1: Ashley, what an honour. I didn't know it was the first one. Thank you so much.
0: No pressure. Really? Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but always we sort of just kick off by asking people who they are and what it is that they are doing with themselves now, just so that people can get a bit of a sense of who it is that I'm talking to today. Um, so there's that question. Who are you? And what <laughs> are you <talking> about? <laughs>
1: thank you, Ashley. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. So who am I? My name is James Carson, Holistic Health and Wellness Coach, Speaker and Actor. A little bit about me, I grew up in country western Queensland on a a small farming station about seven hours west of Brisbane where I had the growing up on strong country values which was fantastic, transitioned to uh, school here on the Gold Coast, went to boarding school here, played a lot of sport, rugby, rowing, everything under the sun in that regard which is fantastic. Shortly after school and this is kind of a bit about my story, I went through a bit of a dark period in my life where I blew out to be very overweight, I was drinking, I was in a very rough space in my life started losing the weight after a breakup because I really wanted to better myself. And I didn't feel good enough at that time. And then as time progressed, actually, I, I took it even further because as a young guy, you're very influential and I wanted to get bigger and stronger. And so I took steroids and due to using those steroids and not using them correctly, the correct hormone therapy, I developed a condition called gynecomastia, which I had to get surgically removed, which led me to four months recovery of the most darkest, deepest time of my life, which led me to really, discover these holistic principles of wellness and self-care and it saved me during that time actually so much so that I believe in it so much that three years ago now I left my full-time job to just go on a mission where I want to coach and speak and spread this message of wellness to the heavens and in a funny and supportive and any way I can basically because it saved me in such a dark time and that's what led me right here right now even sitting in front of you you love a human being being here on this talk.
0: I love that. It was a great way to wrap it all up and sort of tie a little bow up in the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But I kind of want to dig a little bit into that story, if you don't mind me. So I'm to a few questions. Um, yeah. You say that you did take steroids when you were a little bit younger. Do you think that that was a personal decision or you were really influencing the people around you?
1: Definitely no, it was a personal decision. Personally, personal posi- uh, position. Excuse me. Decision. Mm-hmm. Because... I think you are very influential, as I was saying. Like I was watching a lot of like film of like bodybuilders and getting sucked into the supplements, the protein powders and everything under the sun. I didn't really know what they did, but I just saw this big guy is taking it. I should take it too. Then I was working at a gym and I was living in Brisbane and there were guys there that were on it and I could just see how big and strong and I was like, wow, I really want to be like that. No one ever said pressured me. They just sort of said, hey, this is what they're doing. And I'm like, stupidly, I'm like, I just want to do this. And I just did it. And then the condition started to develop. And first of all, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was cancer or I've just had some reaction. And so it's like a large lump that's underneath your chest. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. It's basically the man boobs condition. So it stings. It's very sore. It stands out. Yeah. And during this time, actually, I refused to tell anyone. No one knew what was going on. My family, my best mates, anyone, because I was so ashamed of what I'd done. And yeah. so it developed. And once it's there and you let it set, you don't do any hormone therapy. It's there for life unless you get it removed.
0: Wow. And and looking back at the person that you were then, why do you think there was so much shame around that? I mean, especially when, for instance, taking the steroids, it's kind of such a glamorized thing to be that bodybuilder, to be someone that's pumping protein and that's lifting so many heavy weights. It's kind of something that is encouraged. Why are we so ashamed to then open up to people and say, well, this is what I've been going through?
1: Mm. at that time i'm not sure i think it's just the courage and and feeling safe to do so i think there's another thing is steroids is actually one of the most denied drugs because i think we all like there's some part of guys who want to train and get really buff and like if they do take steroids i want to keep it secret and kind of just feel like yeah i did this naturally so it's something that they keep to themselves but also just having the condition is quite embarrassing like it's really embarrassing it's like have you have these random growths in your body and you have to explain what happened, and this, there was a few mates that I told towards the end, and they're like, "Ah, oh, man boobs," like it's just not fun time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I decided to take a little solo battle for that one.
0: Yeah, and how do you feel that when taking that all on but on your on your own?
1: Oh, it was incredibly hard. It was incredibly hard. So it was incredibly hard having it, getting all these scans and tests done in secret. Like I was living with my sister in Brisbane at the time when I first started. Went into Sullivan, the got a scan. The lady said, she was very sort of like lectury of me and said, look, based on what you told me, it could be said, We don't know for sure unless we get a sample taken out. And I was like, there's no way I could do that. I had the worst white coat fever ever. Mm-hmm. And I just said, no, I'm sure it's, I'm sure that's what it is. And just lived with it and just walked away. So it developed on one side first, and then it developed on the other side. And I just like stupidly at the time, and I have a lot of love and compassion for myself back there. I just said, look, I'm just going to live with this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, when there is shame involved, we do sort of go, all right, I'm just going to live with this because I can't deal with the emotion that comes with it or I can't deal with the shame that comes with it. Looking back now, do you wish that you acted sooner?
1: I think it, like we were saying before we started, I think everything happens for a reason, right? And it just had to go that way. Uh, I think probably it might have been smarter to get the surgery earlier, but I still would have gone through the same recovery. I may have been a different person and may have not have been able to handle it. Because before the surgery started, I was kind of looking into a little bit of holistic principles and speaking more about mental health and that kind of thing, but not the capacity to when I first got it. And I held on to the condition actually for about two and a half years before I decided to actually have the surgery then go through that really hard time. I held on to this referral letter that I had from my GP that he gave me for the breast surgeon in Brisbane who did it. And I held on to it for so long until eventually I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, I just have to do this. I don't know how it's going to look or what it's going to be like. And I feel like I'm the kind of person in surgery who is like, I bet the anesthetic, I bet I wake up or something terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So in the end, it happened for a reason. But, um, Definitely it would be great to be have more courage at that age to speak about these things, and hopefully these conversations help that.
0: Mm, oh, how grateful are you that you held on to that referral letter. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, exactly. Looking at that environment, I mean, as we were mentioning sort of before, that whole gym junkie, men wanting to be fit, men wanting to be healthy and look a certain size and look a certain way, do you think that environment is healthy for a young man?
1: It depends. It really depends on the people because there are there are guys that I see in the social media space and in face-to-face space who are all about training, eating well, fitness, you know, but also that holistic aspect, which can be quite positive. But there's definitely toxicity out there, like in any environment. There's definitely an influential part of it where um, it, there's a lot of ego and there's a, like a lot of staunch men um, and it's not as supportive as it could be. Mm-hmm. So I think a young guys should always be very mindful of who they're hanging out around with and how it's how they feel when they're around that person. If they feel supported, if they feel lift up. If they feel hurt or they just feel put down or told that they need this, that, and the other, it's 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 environment that has its good and bad side.
0: So sure. mm. And I think it's coming a lot to its head now because I know. During like, even in, I can only come from a female perspective and, and, and our culture of being very competitive and being, well, this female looks better and she's doing this. And I've got to drink these green juices and everything. And I know in that environment, that's very toxic. And now that we're hearing a lot that it's now moving over and it probably has always been there with men, but now it's been talked about a lot more. It's kind of different to see the comparisons and whether i know from a lot of females it comes from a place of insecurity within themselves do you think that this is also coming from a place of men being insecure about their bodies
1: absolutely absolutely i think some of the most strongest fittest men out there probably the most insecure you know it's crazy it is like a it's like a mask or a suit of armor that they have on that and they can also have this thing called body dysmorphia which i had as well, where. They look incredible, they're fit, they're strong, they're shredded, whatever it is, but they think they're fat or they think they're small or whatever it is. And they're insecure. If you made a comment about their hair or their teeth or their shoulders or something, like something will rise up within them. So there is a lot of insecurity that is in that world. But if it helps to cultivate that little bit of self-belief, getting stronger and fit in, it's a well-worthwhile activity as long as you look at those insecurities eventually.
0: Mm. And I think as well, it's getting people to be open to talking about their insecurities and wanting to actually work on it. And I think that's amazing with the holistic health space is that it really encourages that and people to be curious in that space. Do you think that that was a challenge for you to open up to that holistic space when kind of stereotypically men have not always been encouraged to to wander and be curious in that space?
1: It kind of. At the time when I first sort of discovered it, actually, it was like I had no other choice. I had to do something because I had this this feeling, whether it was intuition or something from above, I'm not sure, where I just had this message where I couldn't move physically. My body, I just felt like everything was melting away. And I just felt this. If I can't work on myself physically, I'll work on myself mentally. And I started listening to podcasts and books and going to courses and things like that and learning about uh, gratitude journaling and all these other meditative practices and everything under the sun to help support yourself when your body's out of whack um and yeah it was i was just open to try anything i was mm. very open to trying i definitely didn't talk about it as much openly i wasn't like yeah i'm journaling and writing a dear diary and all these great things <laughs> to my mates but now i'll scream it from the heavens i think it's amazing
0: mm, were you ever ashamed or a bit embarrassed opening up about it saying well I do journal and I do meditate and I do do this
1: I know I think I was I was so excited that it really helped me because I started doing talks on it I started I want to run wellness sessions and I was working in a hospital and I started running sessions at the hospital for the staff and the nurses and then I started working at the university and I wanted to run them for the staff there as well so anyone that I can get in front of being like hey This is what I did. I wrote Mm -hmm. down gratitudes. I did my meditations. I go wander around in nature barefoot and all this good stuff. And it can help you. So I just wanted to just talk about it. There definitely wasn't anything holding me back, luckily.
0: Mm. and we we look at the holistic health space and there are so many different definitions of it you know you you look at one person on social media that's preaching green juices and another person that's preaching to go meditate on a hill and you go well how do you know what's right for you and is there one sort of definition of holistic health that you sort of live by
1: yeah that's for sure there definitely are a lot out there and i just encapsulate it towards supporting yourself in the three beautiful parts that make us human beings: it's mind body and soul and spirit or heart Mm -hmm. so that mental aspect it may have a form of internal reflection which may come in the form of just some gentle breathing exercises each day or a meditative practice or a journaling practice and then there's the body making sure you have that great yin and yang aspect you have that restoration sleep good foods water exercise expenditure you know creativity and then there's that soul part of it actually where it's like you're living to your values and you're living to what you believe in and you're living into your your feelings which is one thing men i would love to speak on is men sometimes they don't feel into their feelings Mm. like if something feels right or something feels wrong Mm. or if they're in a relationship and they feel like it's not going the right way or if they're in a job or work that's not going the right way it's really feeling and like leaning into the things that you love and you believe in and being aware when things that come up for you aren't Right, that you look at that consciously.
0: So often as well, I I hear it a lot and going through my own journey, it's you know, tune into your emotions and trying to be curious and really let yourself feel. Sometimes that's really hard when you you don't know what you're feeling. you you have all these emotions that are flying around, but you can't put labels on it and you don't know what to do. What can you do in those situations when you feel that gut feeling or you feel something come up? What
1: are you doing? Definitely. So the first time that I took up journaling was definitely a time where I had all these feelings. I didn't know what was going on. So I was at a point where I was uh, probably about halfway through the recovery and I was just sitting in my room and I was just feeling anxious. I couldn't sit still. I felt like I had like a butterfly in my tummy and like a frog in my throat. And then I just started learning about journaling and I didn't want to write it down, but I started typing on my computer. But I literally was just typing exactly how I was feeling and what was going on without trying to solve anything. I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel anxious and worried because my body is sore and there's a lot of, excuse me, this is put full on, there's a lot of blood and I'm just not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And I'm really worried that I'm not going to be able to exercise again. I'm really scared. I want to talk to someone. So I just wrote down exactly what was in my head Mm -hmm. and literally getting it out of your head and on paper, you, you can distinguish the flame of the worry mm. and that really helps so really if I could just say pen to paper we've been writing for years cavemen cavemen and women on walls paint parchment with feathers write things down it helps really collect your thoughts and how you're feeling
0: mm. and with that does that then release a lot of emotion that you can feel
1: for sure. It just helps you to really analyze what's going on because if it's just bouncing around in here, whilst you have awareness of it, you can't really articulate it as well as you could, if you like really focus on it and write down, even the details of what happened. If it was an event that happened to someone, for example, it was like it was late at night and I felt very uncomfortable and XYZ said this, and I just wanted to leave. And I don't know why they said that. I really feel really bad. I never want to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. And I find that the majority of people I speak to when something's going on with them mentally, Either they write it down or they can voice note or they can do a vlog that they just keep to themselves. If you can just really get it out, and if you go the one step further and share it with someone that's amazing But you don't have to, if you can just get it out, out of here and out in the open, it helps really to process. And, yeah, things may come up. You may cry. You may laugh. You may just feel a bit awkward. But it's a process that really works in helping those feelings.
0: Mm. And is it something that we do a lot of times, you know, we have all these practices and we have all these tools, but we do it in crisis. Should we be doing these things daily so that we can help sort of mend our relationship with our emotions? For
1: sure. I think having a meditative or journaling practice daily is is a wonderful thing. I don't want to say paramount, put pressure on anyone, but it is a beautiful thing to do. Some of the most highest performing people in the world, men women, they all have a mental Mental focus activity, whether it's prayer or it's meditation or whatever it might be or they just write down on paper how did the day go? how did I feel what what was great what could improve? what's a little goal that I can set for tomorrow? I think it's some of the most beautiful things you can do, which only takes a couple of minutes each day but it pays you immense dividends in your mental and emotional well-being and your focus and your awareness in yourself as you say like the more you analyze and write things down, the more you get to know yourself, which is a beautiful thing to do.
0: I find it crazy eh? because we're sold so much content of like buy this and it'll transform your life or take this or eat this food and you'll feel amazing and yet it comes back to just the simple things of like learning to breathe and learning to slow down and learning to write things that we have at our fingertips yet we think that it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, uh, we we are our own saviours, right? There's no guru course, supplement, yoga mat, anything out there that's going to just It's going to help possibly, but like you are there for yourself and you are your biggest superpower, meaning having time, like you say, to really harness your breath, the most beautiful thing that you've had since the day you're born to the day you pass away. Mm -hmm. Writing down like a letter, writing down some things that are really important to you. You like start to realize and see the things that really light you up. And it's just these simple things that sometimes they're not an immediate, like mind blowing change, but over a period of time, it is huge. A gratitude practice, for example, can just completely transform the way you think
0: guaranteed Mm, mm, i love that and i want to talk a little bit about the breath because it Mm. does it it is holding such a big space in the world right now because people are starting to meditate more even talk about meditation a lot more based on your understanding why is a a meditative practice or why is breathing so essential for your overall health
1: Mm. Obvious
0: aspects that you need to breathe, but
1: yes. Yes. So this is how I explain it. So we have the breath and we have health given to us from free from the day that we're born. So it's always there, always there supporting us. Our body is always detoxing, repairing, clearing, cleansing, everything under the sun. So we've had it from the day that we are born up until now, and we're very familiar with it and it's given to us for free. So sometimes sometimes, basically all the time things that we're familiar with and we're given to us for free easily we become content with it and we don't look into it as much but i think literally the way you breathe kind of has a direct connection with how you feel so if you have a daily practice where you just connect with your breath in a supportive and a parasympathetic which is more of a rest and digest way then that means you have more control when things are really heavy so we have our two systems a parasympathetic and sympathetic so a lot of the time a lot of people are very high and sympathetic every day, right? So if you have a daily practice of a breath work which helps calm and support you and bring things down, this comes down a lot faster and it doesn't go up as high. So it's in our best interest to really harness this beautiful thing that's automatically always there to help ourselves feel good. And the more you practice something, the better it gets. Benefits become greater. It's well worth the time. But once we're reminded that how important it is, and sometimes it takes a medical crisis or something like I had to realise how important these things are.
0: Mm. Hopefully
1: not for everyone, but sometimes that's what has to happen.
0: Yeah. And and looking at that, how long should we be meditating? I mean, there's some content out there that says you should be doing it for two hours. There's some that's saying 30 minutes. There's some that's saying five minutes. But at the end of the day, we, we can't deny we live busy lifestyles. Our environments have changed. A lot of people are on the go all the time. How can they prioritise this and what is classified as a decent time to put towards breathing.
1: Yeah, I think definitely staying in your own lane. There definitely is a lot of content out there to do this, that, and the other. And it's intimidating for people. And it's like, I don't know how to do that. I can meditate for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. I always just say, start with wherever you're at. And that is a beautiful place to be. If that is just five minutes, like I have a routine, the LOX routine, which is two and a half minutes of gratitude journaling, then two and a half minutes of breath which is triple five breathing a five part inhale a five part hold a five part exhale and you do that 10 times 10 fingers that's two and a half minutes and then you're done so starting really small Ashley, and then you slowly build if you must but you just start small that helps to cultivate self-belief that helps to cultivate those beautiful feelings of this is making a difference and then sometimes if you find more time great if not just keep up keep it going with that that changes your energy that changes everything else around you if that makes
0: sense Oh no, definitely, and and it is right because so often we get the full picture, and people don't need the full picture because the full picture scares people. They need that first step, and they need yeah. guided through it.
1: Definitely, like I always just say, don't feel like you have to climb that Everest. You're just walking over a speed bump. Mm-hmm. Just start small. Start really attainable. Start make it easy for yourself. Even if it's a mum and she has one minute when the child is like having a feed or like in the bath or whatever it is, she's obviously observing, but just sitting there and just like a big deep breath and just some key affirmations in your mind of like, I've got this. It's going to be okay. I'm powerful. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I can do anything. All right. Up and away she goes. You know what I mean? That's, that's just like the little tiny one degree shift that can make a massive difference in the long run.
0: I love that. And how does that, how is that different to mindfulness because often they sort of interconnect and people get a bit confused between the two, but what is then mindfulness?
1: Yeah, that's the one that sometimes I think in the vast majority of the population, it gives thing, it makes things confusing for them, for sure. So like a meditation is like something that you focus on and mindfulness is so you just become aware of. That's how I would describe it anyway. <laughs> so for meditation, for example, you may do a body scan meditation where you're like meditating on the top of your scalp, down your ears, down the back of your neck, down your shoulders, for example, or mindfulness is just being mindful of how you're breathing in and out through your nose right now, just the gentle cool air that goes in and the gentle warm air that comes out just to become aware of without forcing anything. Mm. So just being mindful throughout the day, like how am I breathing right now? Mm. And then if I'm meditating on something, I really want to think and meditate on something that I'm grateful for for the day ahead. So those are the two components. So basically it's having the mindfulness of yourself Mm. once you're aware then you can meditate and focus on some things like mindful, like that meditative breath work to support yourself.
0: Mm. And in your your practice, do you find that younger people are more open to doing this as well? Because I know a lot of, I don't want to say older, but (laughs) sort of people are open to this because they're at a time in their life where they've experienced a lot and they're kind of like throwing their hands in the air. I need to try something different. Are the younger generations open to this concept, do you believe?
1: Actually, I think they are. The younger ones are so switched on because they have so much more access to content that i know i didn't you know we had my space and all this other stuff that wasn't quite putting out positive stuff out there but i was running a session the other day for my friend's birthday and there was a beautiful young i think she was seven year old girl was just like and i ran this meditation this breath work and she was just there just like breathing away i was just i was kind of keeping an eye on her She was just like fully into it hand on her heart just like fully feeling it she just came up and just said thank you i did your, that energy with that was so beautiful was like, <laughs> so it's it's the gaining access and becoming aware of it and we set the example for them too but from what i'm observing kids are experiencing it more they definitely have their own challenges different challenges than what i had i'm sure yourself so it's great that they have access and awareness of it more these days
0: Mm. And, and looking at your practice now what is your goal when you run a session or when you come out of it is there one thing that you want people to walk away with
1: That's a great question actually there were there's a couple actually I think for me the session is I want to I want them to feel a lot better than they did when they came in at least mm-hmm. and I want them to feel empowered to be their best or their better self And I also want them to walk away with actionable, practical tools, experiences, feelings and emotions that's going to help support them to take action moving forward. It's all great and fun to get all rah-rah and breathe and carry on. But it's what you implement and move forward with. Mm. You know, I'm there to connect with them. I'm there to know that, like, I see you. I have the intent. I really want to help. Just try to do this, try this, try this, experience this. And I'm just there. I just know that these things really work to support you. And that you're worth every single minute of the day to to really harness and embody this information in your that. own way that works, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And But it is, I think, as well, really challenging because so often we can get caught up in the hype or, you know, if you're, you're at a retreat or you're at a conference, you're like, yes, I'm going to go home, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then all of a sudden you slip back into old habits and you miss one thing or you miss a journaling one time or you skip one meditation and then all of a sudden this, Pattern starts to happen again where you fall back into old habits. Mm. How do you change that? How do you keep the consistency up?
1: Yeah, that's an old paradigm for sure. That's an old pre-programmed cybernetic system within you that wants to keep you in the same spot. Mm. And when there is something that takes effort or when there's something that might be a bit different to something that you're not used to, there's definitely going to be resistance and you're going to have the tendency to fall back. So to really help is... I always say set the milestone, set the goal low and just be super consistent with that low ball. If it's like you've learned about meditation, journaling, drinking heaps of water, doing this exercise, da, 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 just start with like, right, I'm going to embody journaling every day for the next seven days. And you can do this thing called hot and cold triggers. Where hot trigger, you make the good habit really easy to do. So you have your journal by your bedside table, ready to go. Cold trigger, let a bad habit anchor off that bad habit, make that really hard to do. So say someone who gets on their phone, which the majority of people do, unfortunately, before they go to bed or when they wake up. Have your phone off, in the drawer, out of the way. And then it's there. You see it. It reminds you it's a a positive trigger. And you set a mini goal of just doing it every day. Be kind to yourself and know it's a journey, not a destination. And beautiful things can happen. Mm -hmm. You can get support from accountability from other people around you. You can have your goal just where you see it every day. Even if you miss a day, if you keep looking at it, it's going to be like, I've got to do that. I've got to do that.
0: (laughs) It's one of those things where it's staring you in the face and you just can't ignore it. Um, Totally. Amazing, because it is, it's all about, you know, shifting those little habits, which can be done, but, you know, it needs effort and it's something that you got to, you really got to work at. And For sure. um, looking at that, you've dedicated so much energy and time into this space and you look at your your social media at the moment, which you are really making waves in that space in such a positive way. Looking through a lot of your content, why do you push such positive and almost funny content in a space that can be quite serious?
1: (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why do I do it? I do it because I I enjoy it. I enjoy doing the videos. I enjoy making people laugh. I enjoy doing that entertaining acting aspect. And I thought, hmm, if I really enjoy doing this and it can help communicate a message of well-being and health and holistic um, mindfulness, and that's well worth the journey. And then like I'd been doing it for ages before it all kicked off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, rather than just putting workout videos or something boring or something like that out there, I was like, how could I communicate a message of like healthy boundaries in a funny way? Or how can I communicate a message on not drinking too much coffee in a funny way? Or how can I communicate the importance of the morning routine in a way that people will remember? Mm-hmm. So it's just organically grown. And the, the message of self-care is organically grown as well. It's just something that I started saying a while ago, not as a joke, but just kind of like, oh, yeah, self-care Sunday. And then because I'm a guy who I look like I do, it's normally a lot of ladies or the feminine energy who promotes that, but it's like this dude, surfer, tall guy from Australia, <laughs> promoting self-care is a bit strange. <laughs> so I just kept doing it
0: because yeah. it,
1: it, it helps people to to experience it. And the more people who see the, the content, they engage, it's just that little tiny change that could change everything for them because it's what happened to me.
0: And I think there's a real need as well in the social media space, especially now for people to be able to relate because at the moment there's, or when social media first kicked off, it was all this content where people were just competing and people were just seeing content of where they wanted to be. And the fact that you can post content where, you know, you're talking about really key messages, but also trying to be relatable, I think is really important.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, It's it's... Yeah, I I remember when I first started really working hard on it is when I thought anything that I put out there, as much as possible, I wanted to be something that can help someone. Like I don't want it to be, I've done it once or twice, but I don't want to be here's the food I'm eating or like (laughs) here's an ego stroke or something. I used to post, I see you do it every now and then post like, beautiful slow motion video of the beach with like some positive affirmations or like just some supportive and encouraging words that could just change the way someone's thinking that they always go out with that intention mm-hmm. and it's worked really well to really help people, which is great. Mm.
0: And as I said, there there is a lot of messages out there, but I want to come back to a lot of mm-hmm. people generally think that they can't have the best of both worlds and I get that in the health space they can only think that you know they've got to be either really healthy or they've got to just not try it all and sort of just give up is there a way where people can live the best of both worlds where they don't have to say cut out the the partying and the drinking but also sort of enjoy the fact that they're listening to their bodies and can be intuitive is there is What well, I think I'm trying to say, is there any merit to the, the 80-20 rule or to, you know, having the best of both worlds in that space?
1: There's definitely an 80-20, but I will say to a certain extent, and you know, and, and not all may agree with this, but it's just like I always want to ask whatever you're doing, is it is it really dream affirmative? Is it supportive of your goals? Like is going out and drinking and partying, are, like, are you having a great time or are you out there? To numb away the work that you're doing, or is it something that you're avoiding? Or you're trying to keep up appearances. If it is purely like I love going out with my mates, having a beer, having a laugh, whatever, awesome. Everything in moderation though, for sure. So you definitely can balance like, oh, yeah, I live a holistic, healthy lifestyle, but I'll go smash a whole block of chocolate. I don't care. Like it's all good. <laughs> you know, we all have our, we all have our things. And it's important not to be super strict because I used to have the super strict gym lifestyle. Where you like meal prep and train and everything is full on and it creates a healthy, an unhealthy disorder to health and well-being. So it can go both ways as well. Mm. But having a balance is possible actually as long as you are being true to yourself that you feel like the the treats that you're experiencing are in a good place for you.
0: It always comes back to your why, why are you doing things?
1: True, for sure. Why am I doing why am I out here? Why am I with these people? Why do I feel like I have to do this? Or why do I want to do this? You know? So, and I think deep, deep down, people know. Mm-hmm. They know. And if they give themselves a bit of time, they know, or they will eventually be forced to know.
0: Mm, I love that. And and looking at finally, what are your your big I know we've discussed a lot, but what are your final takeaways or key messages to to someone out there that may have been in your your younger self situation or that are is looking at sort of entering into the holistic health space, but is either ashamed or doesn't know where to start. What message can you give to them as like, go do it?
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose the younger self looking to who's who is in the space where I'm at, just know that that you, obviously you aren't alone, like your feelings are valid. Everything will be okay. You just need to have the right people around you, the right mindset. Everything starts from up here. Just starting with a positive thought just start with a positive thought. I am strong. I will get through this. I'll move through this. Say it to yourself every day, look at yourself eye to eye in the mirror and talk to that deep part of you and really just show up bit by bit every single day. And you will get through this. Then coming back to someone who wants to work in the holistic health space, your gift, your light, what you do is required is needed by someone out there, by a lot of people out there. And However you want to go about it in your own pace is perfect. It'll all work out as it should. Meaning if you have a passion for helping dads be more mindful at work or be more mindful at home, or you have a passion for helping teenagers really build self-confidence and you have some tools and tricks or some information to help them, just start pumping it out there. Start posting it, start sharing it, start having conversations because these little tiny things that you do can blow out to be this amazing thing beyond your dreams. And I'm witnessing it in my own life. And the last thing I'll share is I grew up in country West Queensland, like I said before, in a small town, 600 people struggle with eye contact, extremely shy, just not any real direction in my life. And there are certain pivotal points in my life which help build some self belief and growth to now I'm at this point in my life where I never thought I would ever be. And and I was just in this state where I just didn't think I'd amount to anything for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can create beautiful things. As mm-hmm. soon as you're really clear on what you want to achieve and you're consistent in remembering and reviewing that and setting yourself little many goals to get there, magical things can happen. Mm-hmm. So just keep showing up. You never know what opportunity, person, place, feeling, something is going to bless you with the next step forward
0: Mm, amazing and looking i'm gonna another question but looking at you know your younger self that was really struggling with you know who you were as a person your physical appearance and your identity what do you reckon that younger self would say to you now (laughs) looking at you going how far you've come
1: He would be shocked that I'd have long hair. (laughs) What would he say? That's a great question. depends on the age. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think if he was like, there's a lot of things that happened to me that happened for me around age seven.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he'd be looking at me a little bit confused. He'd be like, what do you do? Like, what's going on? Like, I thought we're going to be a builder or a fireman or something. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) But it'd be
1: what I would say to him. I'd just get down on my knee and be like, mate, incredible things are coming just keep showing up just keep allowing yourself to speak and be yourself always be yourself because there were so many parts of me as a kid where i wanted to be myself but i didn't feel safe or confident enough to do so and mm-hmm. the more that i be myself and you be yourself actually the more beautiful things in the world not that it's about reward but it rewards you for that
0: mm-hmm. yeah Amazing, apparently, we all knew that when we were younger.
1: <laughs> I know but that's the journey we had to go on, right? <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. You've got to walk the path so that you can yeah. get the golden ticket at the end.
1: you got to earn your stripes, right? you got to yeah. have those scars, you got yeah. to fall. I want my stripes
0: on my face, though.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> <A little laughs> I to paint. see
0: the stripes, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, this has been absolutely phenomenal to talk to you about not only your story, but really key messages that uh, are surrounding the health and wellness industry at the moment, because we all know it's just. It's such an information dense industry that can become so confusing for someone that they don't even know where to start to actually look after themselves and get to know who they are. So it's been amazing for you to open that up. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate everything that you were doing in this space as well for all those people out there. Thank you. Um, And where can people find you and what are you doing next? Are there any big projects coming up?
1: Yeah, so if anyone wanted to connect, I'm most active on Instagram, James underscore four times Carson or jamescarson.com.au. What's happening next for me is actually moving more into the acting for the next foreseeable future. So I have a film coming up and then another commercial, but I'll be actually running a wellness retreat in French Polynesia in September from the, excuse me, from the 25th of September to the 1st of October. So that's called Wild Soul's incredible event that we've got lined up. Excuse me. There'll be some other travels, some other workshops that I want to be running throughout Australia, but those are the main things straight away.
0: Great. Well, good luck on your acting career. It'll be exciting to see where all that comes and we see your head on the screen somewhere.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Ashley. I have one more thing to share if you don't mind. Yep. Definitely. So, Ashley, all I want to say, and I always love to do this, is I want to acknowledge you. And I want to say thank you very much for doing the work that you do with The Secret Burden, with you showing up, being yourself. I had a great research of you before our talk and i want to say thank you for shining your light in the way that you do and the the positive flow that you're sending out there because you're making a massive difference both directly and indirectly to many many different people in many many different ways and i can tell just by looking at you you have a very kind heart and you have a very kind soul and a lot of beautiful things are coming in your direction and just thank you for helping the world
0: Oh, thank you. I feel that we're we're all in this space, all trying to make a difference in our own lane, and and if we can connect and be able to start a really unique conversation in this space, and as you said, if it it helps one person, then I feel like we're winning. And at the end of the day, we're we're winning because we're all helping ourselves because through conversations we're healing. So exactly yeah no when I'm you not.
1: heal i heal that's, that's <laughs> you're exactly
0: right. just radiating and just healing and spreading good energy it's totally such a great space everyone get into it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure something that we've said here has inspired some action so it's amazing
0: Absolutely. No, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much everyone else out there for jumping on and watching the first one of 2023, which has been phenomenal. Once again, you can check James Carson out online, all of his socials, which I will all put up. Um, if you have any questions, don't don't be shy. You can always shoot it through to either myself or James. Uh, once again, thank you, everyone. Have a great Sunday, and I'll catch you all very soon. Okay, bye. bye.